Hi, I'm Arnav Rostogi, and this is Satvik Shrivas. And together, we are co-hosts of the Backfield Drift. Thank you for tuning in. And in this episode, well, Satvik, week 10, we saw a lot of teams. They got back on track. They won games they were supposed to. They broke some losing streaks. So let's talk about it. And, and let's start with the Packers. Massive upset at home, which it's it's shocking to see the Packers big underdogs in Lambeau, but they were. And take it to overtime and get a big win like, over the Cowboys. You called the us this upset too. Yeah, no, it was nice. Well, you know, it was two birds and one stone. You get the upset pick. You watch the Cowboys lose. It's a great Sunday. But with the Packers, right, in terms of getting back on track, I feel like it's the first time their offense looked on track like pretty much all season. And Christian Watson, man, man of the hour, showing out four catches on eight targets. Three of them were touchdowns and 107 yards. And he looks like the guy that they really needed this team because they have not had a reliable pass catcher. And the rookie is starting to emerge like he could be one. Christian Watson breakout campaign laid down the stretch. Yeah, maybe. I was trying to pick him up on fantasy, man. Someone beat him to me. But I think I think the biggest thing um, that kind of stood out with Christian Watson was when you think about Devontae Adams' play style, and I'm not saying Christian Watson is like Devontae Adams. They're very different players. But the one thing that Christian Watson does have that Devontae Adams provided for this team was that big target that can go up and get the ball. Yeah. And it's good to see that Aaron Rodgers has trust in him, right? Even after those early drops going back to him, attempting those back shoulder fades. And that's just an element this offense hasn't had all year. And it's great to see that Christian Watson can bring that. Chemistry, especially between a quarterback and a wide receiver. Like as much as we talk about it, honestly, like sometimes you just think that you can like plug and play guys type thing. But chemistry between a quarterback and a wide receiver is one of the most underrated thing in this league, right? You know, I still go back to the, to, to the draft day episode that we did where I was absolutely livid when the Bengals took Jamar Chase over Penny Sewell. But but you, you loved it. You believed in it. And, it. and it ended up working. Why? Because the two had chemistry, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's all about developing chemistry, especially with a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers. And you can sort of see Christian Watson get into this rhythm with him. He's, he's right. developing that connection and developing that chemistry. And as he develops that chemistry, Aaron Rodgers is going to give you targets. And we know that. He, he will throw it up and give you it and let you have a chance to come down with it. So it's all about developing chemistry with Aaron Rodgers, and he's he's doing it. He's doing it late down the stretch, right when the Packers need him. Yeah, and I love that you bring up that idea of chemistry because when, when you're just looking at the play on the playbook, right, you got you have your route. It's But it's really just the instructions of, like, getting from point A to point B. But on any given day, right, there's, like, 10 different ways to run the same route based on defense, based on coverage, based on leverage, based on what look they're giving you. And a quarterback and receiver have to be able to read this – on the same exact page. And even if you run it like, like like half a yard from where you're supposed to be, it's not going to be a completion. And that's, that's the big part of it. And, and especially with a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, who loves to roll out and extend plays with his feet. It's so important that Christian Watson just becomes quarterback friendly and understands, you know, this is what Aaron Rodgers likes to do. He loves to roll this way. And this is the place where he wants the ball and, and, and that being quarterback friendly, right? Like that's why Chris Olave has succeeded so much in this league. Cause he's so quarterback friendly. He, he allows the quarterback to, he allows the quarterback to throw him open. Sometimes he helps the quarterback throw him open. Right. So it's about becoming quarterback friendly. And I think Christian Watson 
sort of showing that, showing that with Aaron Rodgers. So I'd be good, especially for whoever picked him up in your fantasy league. Um, <laughs> but he's a wide receiver one now. Yeah. He's, a, he's a wide receiver one now. Yeah, another team that's right on track, keep finding a way to win, the New York Giants, now at 7-2. and two. And it's really coming down to these close games with the Giants. It's not always like dominant wins, but at the end of the day, they're playing clean football. And if when you do that, that turns into wins. If you only have to let Daniel Jones throw it 17 times, and in that, he can give you 192 yards and two touchdowns, no picks. It's scary. It's scary, right? If Saquon is Saquon's coming out, thirty-five carries, one hundred fifty-something yards, and two touchdowns. That's a workhorse running back at his best. That means he is pounding the rock, and he's con- helping his t- offense control the clock. And when it's crunch time, when it's close games, he's the difference maker. So what I see with the Giants is a run-first team that's running efficiently, has a good old line, and a quarterback who is making the throws that he needs to and not turning the ball over. This kind of this kind of reminds me of the Titans, but but a little bit better. But a little bit better. The Gi- mm-hmm. the Giants have the defense to support it, but it, it hasn't it hasn't helped a team make the Super Bowl before, but it's a definitely a formula if you do it the right way, it can help you get a lot of success. Yeah, I mean, I was going to bring up that defense as well, right? It's not just that you have this offense, but you have the defensive pieces that can support the style of offense. Because it's not a Kansas City where if you're down 20 points, they're going to shoot their way back into it with deep bombs, right? You need your defense to keep your offense in good positions. And at the same time, the offense is going to lend the favor and not put the defense in situations where they're they're like down 20 points and they got to start being aggressive and blitzing and trying to get the ball back to their offense. But like you said, I do see a little bit of the Tennessee. But I don't think you think, you think this team is better than Tennessee. I think I think they have the potential too. Mm-hmm. I think they have the potential too. That's because offensively, I see the similarities, but defensively is where the Giants really have the advantage. Another team that got a big win, the Buccaneers, going into Germany, the first ever NFL game in Germany. Tom Brady and the Buccaneers found out a way after, you know, it appeared the Seahawks might be making a little late comeback, Gino, mm-hmm. a little Geno magic, but Tom Brady had other plans. Yeah. Um plan was to slip on the trick play and not catch the ball but <laughs> um no to- tom brady starts to finish he played like he needed to this is one of the more complete games that he has played right the rams even the rams win right it it, it was it was a last ditch effort that w- ended up working out it wasn't a very good game for the bucks but here it was some resemblance of an offense that can dominate at times they were moving the ball at will although the score doesn't reflect that they were moving up and down the field on the Seahawks defense. This is a game. Now they're getting sort of into a rhythm, right? We talked about it from, from that last drive to the Rams to the end of this game. It looks like it looked like flawless rhythm, right? So I like the direction that this Bucks offense is trending in and Tom Brady is as well. Yeah. And I think when you have a team that's struggling, like the Bucks were, it's just going to take like you, it's hard to you know just turn it around at 180, but we're seeing like small improvements, and I think that's what you can expect, and that's what we are seeing. Again, they don't look like a playoff team, but yeah. they're in the NFC South. That's gonna give them a little leg up, <laughs> right? It's, a, it's it unfortunate, is. but it's true. It is. It is. I think. I think another aspect of this game, right? Buccaneers' rush defense was the real story here, limiting Kenneth Walker to ten carries, seventeen yards, mm. right? 
being able to stop the run and making the Seahawks one-dimensional, that was a big part. And, and that's what this team is going to have to do. The units, certain units, they're just going to have to find a way to excel and win them the game. This time it was um, Tom Brady playing a complete team and, and the run defense, right? Other times it has to be the secondary coming up clutch on, on third and longs. Other times it's going to be have to be Rashad White, who is now taken up for the um, running back role in um, Tampa Bay. He, he seems to be the RB1. So other times it might have to be Rashad White. He's going to have to do it through his feet. So certain every unit on this team, I, I, I don't know if all of them can play a complete game together, but you know certain units are just going to have to step up and, and make some game-winning plays. Right. And I think the, the fact of the matter is just that this team is not going to put up 30 plus points like weekly, yeah. right? It's going to have to be a close game where you just, if you're, you give Tom Brady a chance at the end of the game to go make something happen. But if you ever get down, it just, they just don't have what it like needs. At least they haven't shown it so far in the season to have that explosiveness to come back. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, certain units go have to excel. Like if you, if you get down, you know, those, that secondary is going to have to play light out. If they want to, if they want to, the secondary is going to have to be the star of the show if the right. Bucks have any chance of winning this game. So it's just going to be certain, certain position groups just have to be playing well every week. Mm-hmm. And another team here with a much needed win, the 49ers, with a, with a nice comeback there uh, against the Chargers. What do you see with this team now that, you know, Christian McCaffrey seems, he seems fully integrated into this offense and Kyle Shanahan. What do you see? Do you, do you, do you think 49ers trending in the right direction here? Yeah, no, definitely. Right. You have, a lot of pieces, Kyle Shanahan's offense, running the ball very efficiently, as long as Jimmy Garoppolo just, you know, does his role. And defensively, right, great second half, shut out the Chargers, no second half points. Unless they scored a field goal, I could be mistaken, but... Nope, nope, shut out. Shut yeah, out, shut right? When you can do that, shut out a Justin Herbert-led offense in the second half, that's a damn good defense. Yeah. But outside um all these games that we've talked about, the real headliner here, Vikings Bills, and and the Vikings really just in a role here. Who do you think was responsible for this win, Sopic? Do you, do you think it's the Vikings offense that was in a role and the Bills just couldn't stop it, or was it Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills making some key mistakes late in the game again, shooting themselves in the foot? as the reason to why the Vikings won. Is it the Vikings who we should really give our regards to? Or should we really shun the Bills for losing what was a winnable game? Right. I think there's elements of both, right? It's never like a black and white answer to this question. But here's how I kind of want to phrase it. The Vikings didn't like outright win this game, but the Bills outright lost it, right? It was very mm-hmm. much in their hands. And even after everything, we cut like fumbling the ball after a goal line stop is yeah that is that is just you can't you can you can't do that right you can't you can't and there were great plays made by both teams and that that was like playoff caliber football right so like hats off to both teams they're showing that they are top teams in this league and i'll give credit to you where it's due right you told me that the vikings were going to be able to compete i didn't expect i I guess like kirk cousins did have a little a couple picks there showing his uh I guess his tendencies as a quarterback, <laughs> but they look good when they, when they had to make plays. They made plays, right? And what more could you ask of an offense of a quarterback in overtime, right? The only thing I will say, when you get the ball first, you got to put the ball in the end zone, man, because you gave Josh Allen another chance and he messed it up. Because if that happened in the playoffs, like Josh Allen scoring that touchdown at the end, like I don't expect that because that was not a Josh Allen like throw at the end there. That interception, like. Uh-huh. 
that was that was a bad read. That just I guess we're making excuses for Josh Allen at this point because he hasn't been playing good for like the last two or three weeks. I think we need to stop this narrative that oh, if this was the playoffs, that he would have done it. Mm. I I have my own thoughts on that that I want to get into right now. I mean, okay. listen, I think the I think the Bills shot Bills shot themselves in the foot. I think Josh Allen's too sloppy, reckless, and careless with the football. Mm. He's acting like an immature second year quarterback when he really isn't. He isn't. He's supposed to be a veteran leader of this team, right? Who who has who has been there, done that type of thing. He's not. It, it really, quite frankly, seems like he's learned nothing from the past few years where he's played hero ball, he's tried to do this and that, and it's not working, right? Mm. The The Bills hand outright lots this game. They did. They, Josh Allen made poor decisions. He was not a good decision maker. He was not a good leader. And and I, I think we need to stop the narrative of saying that if it was a playoffs, he wasn't going to do it because I'm starting to see a trend. There's more than more than one game in this like two or three, even four games where he has made careless, reckless decision making. So what's not to say that that doesn't happen in the playoffs, that that doesn't happen in the biggest of games. Mm. Right. You, you can't just you can't just excuse it. Oh, because it's a regular season. Like if you if you are consistently making bad decisions in the regular season, what's to say that you're not going to make that decision in the postseason? And so I think we need to stop with this narrative. I, I just think Josh Allen needs to grow up as a quarterback if this Bills team wants to go anywhere. Otherwise, they're never going to be able to finish games like this. They're never going to. We need to stop cu- cutting Josh Allen the benefit of the doubt. All right. I mean, first of all, I, I like the the aggressive take on this one. Like that has off for that. But here's what I will say. I'll defend myself a little bit, you know, have a little bit of devil's advocate. But if you, if you think back to last season, right, Josh Allen in the regular season was – a lot of what we're seeing right now, right? Hear a ball, trying to make stuff happen. A lot of the same things you pointed out, poor decision-making that lost in games. You know, you think back to that Jacksonville game, you have no business losing to Jacksonville nine to six. Like, that's just, you can't do that. But Right, but but we, we talked about that. That was like the Jets game, right? But now this is the second game straight that he's done something like this. Okay, but where I was going to go with that was... He, he, up until you enter the playoffs, right? You have this Josh Allen that's like great player. You don't, you don't know what to expect in the playoffs, but in the playoffs, he was perfect. Like there was, if you think back to New England, absolutely dominant. In my opinion, I guess it's not like by a lot, but I I think he I think he outplayed Patrick Mahomes in that game, right? He did, and in the uh, Chiefs Bills game. So I guess it's I'm not gonna say that it's you know, let's just like. Uh, pat him on the back for all oh, it's just a regular season but the fact of the matter is when you have a top to me top two quarterback right you've got you've got to expect that the minimum that he's going to be at his best in the playoffs that's neither here nor there but I can't deny like you said that we are seeing this trend that you would because Patrick Mahomes isn't having this problem right Josh Allen is having it so yeah right I I, I say and, and I'll say this too listen Kirk made Kirk made some really bad throws he, he he made some horrific throws. Um, like that that play to Justin Jefferson on fourth down, that was a terrible throw. Like nine times out of ten, no one's coming down with that. It's it's fourth and eighteen. What do you want to do, man? Like, like he's like, not even best I, player. I know, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But like, 
there wasn't a better option than throwing it into quadruple coverage. I think there's there wasn't a better option than throwing it to Justin Jefferson. <laughs> I, I I guess. I mean, even even beyond that, there were like there were some questionable throws, and I I simply don't trust Kirk Cousins throwing the ball fifty times in a game, right? I think they should have gave Dalvin the rock more often. Mm-hmm. Okay. But anyways, it just feeds into my point that I don't I don't think the Vikings really deserve to win this game. I think they just took advantage of Bill's mistakes here. I think no, I think that's I, all it was. I, I, I think the Bills lost this game. This tells me more about the Bills than it does about the Vikings. That's all I'll say. It's an interesting take because especially coupling the fact that you picked the Vikings. <laughs> I did. I did. I, I thought I, I knew they would compete. That, that right, doesn't that right. doesn't make me surprised. What makes me surprised is. How much of a toddler Josh Allen looked playing quarterback? No, this is. I'm. I'm not gonna say I don't like him, but it's like it's kind of, kind of aggressive out here. With, uh, I, don't, Josh. I don't think it's aggressive. I think it's fair. It's a fair. Okay. Listen, he himself said, you know, you're not gonna win games if if your quarterback plays like crap. He played like crap again. That's all I'm gonna say. All right. Uh, I guess we gotta move on, but there's a lot of good quarterback in there, man. There's a there's a little bit of crap, <laughs> but you can't you can't can't zone in on the crap when there's a lot of right, not crap. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> Well, week 11, I expect to see a good quarterback in here. Um, I was hoping Josh Allen, uh, staying with the Bills here, I was hoping Josh Allen was going to play in another snow game in Buffalo. They were expected to get like six feet, but they got the Bills-Browns yeah, game moved to uh, Detroit now. Yeah, that's that's not a snow game. That's an avalanche game. Man. <laughs> <laughs> you see, you see the memes for uh, Naheem Hines and uh, yeah, yeah, Devin Signaltary, Nick Chubb, and everyone. I see them. It's tough, man. I don't know what you. I mean, as someone that's under six foot myself, it's it's just like this is what it is, you know. But yeah, no, I, I, I don't. I don't think Bills in an indoor stadium against the Browns. I don't think this one's going to be close. Ah, uh, yeah, I know. Um, yeah, unless unless uh, Josh Allen. Adds to your point in this episode, but I think I, listen, the Bills should. Josh Allen's such a variable quarterback. Like this man could, could probably single-handedly win the game and single-handedly lose the game. So, most powerful man in the Bills organization is Josh Allen. You're not. You're not wrong. But <laughs> all right, let's look at the Vikings here, the team that did beat the Bills. Another huge matchup. They invite the Cowboys to their house. Unfortunately, we're not going to be able to see uh, elite Vikings one o'clock Kirk Cousins performance because it's going to be four twenty-five. <laughs> and, and here's a little something that's funny, right? Because we we remember we said this um, beginning of the year that CBS was going to get a lot of good AFC matchups, and we're like, okay, okay. But one every, good NFC, yeah, matchup. yeah the, the one good NFC matchup. They they I think they got played because if you look at the scheduling. The Fox has Raiders, Broncos, and they probably looked at them and were like, oh, yeah, we want late in the season. We want Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, Russell Wilson. And, and Fox was like, okay, oh, I mean, CBS was like, okay, sure, we'll take, we'll take Vikings Cowboys off your hands. <laughs> CBS, C- CBS was playing the long game here. They're, they were playing the long game here, and they ended up winning. Man, man, hats off to CBS. But um, anyway, this is an interesting one because Cowboys, they're, they're continuously, they choke in primetime, and then you get Kirk Cousins. Who also chokes in prime time? So who wins the choke off, Savic? All right, here's what I gotta say. When you compare the quarterbacks, right? Maybe I don't know who you would give the edge to. Like honestly, I don't even have an answer because it depends on like the day, right? Some days Kirk Cousins played like a top ten quarterback. Other days not so much. Some days Dick Dak Prescott's tearing up defenses. Other days not so much. But you just gotta look at who's a better football team. To me, Minnesota is. 
the Cowboys are likely going to make it interesting. I expect to be a very close game. And even like offensively, I think the Cowboys looked like good. I don't want to say they were not elite, but they did enough to win that game against the Packers. Their defense kind of sold at the end. Maybe they got it. Like you go for it on fourth down. A lot of happened. A lot, lot happened, but I think the Cowboys offense is good enough. Like it's not going to be a problem. Like the Vikings are just going to outscore them. That's not the issue. Mm-hmm. It's really just going to come to like who makes the plays at the end of the game. Right. And I just think the Vikings are a better football team. So I got to pick them. Okay. I'm I'm going with the Cowboys. I like okay. this. I like okay. this. I'm going with the Cowboys. Listen, Minnesota is a bottom five defense in passing yards. Bottom mm. five defense in passing yards. I think Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb are about to have a field day on this defense. Okay. I, I think they're about to have a field day. They, they are a bottom five team, right? And I don't think – I think Michael Gallup is going to get involved. I think Tony Pollard is going to get involved because Minnesota is not good at defending the run either. They, 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 just have, they just have holes on both sides of the team, right? And conversely, the Cowboys have a top five pass defense going up against Kirk Cousins, who we, is known to make poor decisions. Right. And the Cowboys top five in point turnover differential. I think that if the Cowboys are able to take away the ball once or twice from Kirk Cousins and they they've shown an ability to create points off of those turnovers. Right. I think I think all it takes is a turnover or two by Kirk Cousins, which he is prone to doing against a top five pass defense. That's all it takes. It's going to be a close one, but I think those turnovers are going to be the difference. Give me the Cowboys. Give me the Cowboys by a score. Okay, I actually like that. Here's the only thing that prevents me from picking the Cowboys. Because you look at that Packers game, right? There were a couple early picks by Dak Prescott. Like if 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 the Cowboys were, I'm not they were not all like solely on Dak Prescott. Like there was miscommunication between receiver, quarterback, with CD Lamb, all that. So I'm not I'm not trying to like pin it on Dak Prescott, but just as a team, that's not good, right? Because you you gave the Packers opportunities to come back. And just the the, the fact of the matter is like if you're going to let the Packers put 31 on you, like that's what worries me. Cause mm-hmm. I, I think the Vikings are just like, like just imagine this, right? Vikings get up like 17, nothing yeah. or something like that. Like, yeah. do you think the Cowboys fight back from that? I don't know. It's hard. Cause the Cowboys, like the Cowboys, the one thing they can't do is get down in this game because listen, they allowed 140 rushing yards to Aaron Jones. Mm. And if they get down, you really think they're stopping Dalvin Cook? Da- Dalvin Cook better than Aaron Jones. And Aaron Jones was tearing it up. Aaron, he was tearing that Cowboys right. rush defense up, right? So if, if they get down big, they're not they're not seeing the light of day. They're they're not they're not going to even see the scoreboard again because Dalvin Cook's just going to wear them down. They're Minnesota's going to dominate uh, possession, and it's going to be the game. the The reason I picked the Cowboys is because I I think it's going to be shootout. I think it's going to be shootout. I, okay. I think it's going to be like in the 30s type thing. And I think the Cowboys, uh, I hope that given what I saw uh, them do uh, against Green Bay, which was Dak Prescott was slinging the ball, I think they probably have a better chance to be more efficient against the Vikings. So I think if you're constantly putting points on the board, that sort of eliminates the run game, right? Or they're not going to hand it off more. And, and that's the one uh weakness for the cowboys so so that's what i hope i I think this is a shootout type thing all right another really good matchup this week sunday night the chiefs head down to la taking on the chargers sunday night football 
The only thing that could prevent this from being the matchup we all want to see, you know, some injuries for the Chargers. Keenan Allen was a full participant in practice, but still questionable whether he's going to play. Mike Williams in the same boat. What do you expect? Man, it's it's tough. It's tough. It's tough. Because the Chiefs and Chargers, they, they, they already played each other this season. The Chiefs won a close one. And and Justin Herbert, he had he had this he had the same he didn't even have uh Keenan Allen that time. Right? He only had his like Mike Williams. So if Keenan Allen plays, um that's just gonna be a plus. But it's tough because the Chargers and Chiefs, they they split it. Every season they split it and, and the Chargers give him problems. So I, I can't be fully confident going in with the Chiefs, but but I have to. I have to. Yeah. I mean, realistically, Keenan Allen hasn't played that much. This season, Mike Williams might be out. Gerald Everett is also questionable. Like, who really is Justin Herbert throwing to? Josh Palmer? That's it. That's his only consistent target. Who himself has had an incredible amount of drops this season. Mm-hmm. Right? And so the Chargers' inability to efficiently move the ball downfield, that's probably going to be their downfall. I ha- I, I can't justify going with I can't justify going with the Chargers here. I have to go with the Chiefs. Yeah, I'm with you on this. I'm picking the Chiefs as well. And like, if the Chargers were healthy and the offense was like going well, like you you could make an argument here because it's a divisional game. So oh, okay, that, okay, okay. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, both playing. Both playing. That's confirmed. Just, just announced. Just announced. It was confirmed. Okay. It was confirmed like like minutes ago. All right. <laughs> I don't mean I'm not gonna let that like change my pick right now because it's just it's too recent. But we got we got some live live <laughs> live episode updating right here. All right. We're gonna we're gonna update our. Sure. Okay. Let me. Uh, yeah. I know what. I'll I'll stay with the Chiefs. You got me really thinking now. You know, like that's what I'm saying. I I think the Chargers will give them problems this game. I just will, I will. I can't consciously go with them though. I can't consciously yeah. go with them, but I would not be shocked if they won the game. I simply exactly. wouldn't. I yeah. I I given what I know, I have to go with the Chiefs. I, right. I, I can't. I can't. Yeah. Maybe maybe she gave me like. This news like an hour ago, maybe my answer would be different. <laughs> but uh-huh. uh, right now, I'm going with the Chiefs. It, it's just hard, right? You you watch the offense against the Niners like do absolutely nothing, and then to pick them the next week against the Chiefs, it's just yeah, yeah. it's 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 hard to do it. Um. Anyways, let's move into our uh, upset of the week. Savix sitting at five hundred. How you feeling? Feeling good, man. Uh, as I said, two birds, one stone. The Cowboys lost. Upset win. We'll take it. Okay. So this week, this week, yeah, this week, it was looking very dry. I was looking at a lot of games, you know, Panthers, Ravens, Browns, Bills, Colts, Eagles. Yeah, and I'm not picking against any of those teams, especially not the Eagles. So I narrowed myself down to two up, two picks. Lions at the Giants or Texans versus the Commanders. And inside of recent events, <laughs> I think I'm going to pick against the commanders here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got the Texans at home. doesn't really make a difference because they're selling tickets at $14 a pop right now. So no one's showing up to these games. But the only good things you could say about the Titans, I mean, excuse me, the Texans, even though they're 1-7 right now, they're fighting, man. Every game you're seeing fight out of them. Damian Pierce runs like a madman. And that's that's the best compliment you could give a running back in this league. You know, he's making plays. Davis Mills does enough to be competitive. 
The only thing that concerns me is both offensive line and defensive line matchups for the Texans, right? Because if you just get dominated on the line, it's going to be a long day. Yeah. But we we saw we saw even against the Eagles, the Texans were able to be competitive, winning even winning, right? We, they were winning against our defensive line, so the potential is there. As I said, there's not a lot of upset opportunities I saw. Maybe I'll go ahead and pick against the Giants, but the Giants have just kept finding ways to win games, so I don't feel comfortable. So the only one that leaves me with is Texans at home versus the Commanders. We'll see. You know, I play the numbers game. I see the best chances there, so we'll see. So I've pulled out the old school book trick, uh, narrow down the choices, <laughs> yeah, whichever yeah. one's left. I, I think that's, I think it's, it's worked. It's worked for me this year. I'll take, I'll do it. The only reason that I would caution against that is I think the commanders have the best D line in the entire NFL. And I've been, I, I've been pretty on that consistent with that for the past few years. I just think they have drafted amazingly, uh, for that D for that D line. And they just dominate opponents. Yeah. They shut down the run and they will get after you. And that's the one thing that worries me against the Texans is that maybe they have the potential. Do I think it will show up every week? I don't know. I don't it's know. just so, yeah. Once you lose the trenches, you lose the game. Mm-hmm. It's it's that simple. Once you lose the trenches, you lose the game. Um, this week I'm gonna go with the Steelers over the Bengals. Um, if anyone's wondering why Savi didn't mention the upsets, because I was taking it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think the Steelers they they. They they beat us last week. They beat the Saints, and I've, I'm officially calling the season over after that. Um, I'm sure you're happy with your uh, top ten pick, uh, <laughs> but I, I think TJ Watt. Everyone forgot just how much of an impact he is on defense. TJ Watt is a game changing type of player, right? I saw personally just how much he disrupted Andy Dalton and that rush game and the flow that we were in, and it's it's just it's it's understated man it's understated how um, we always talk about minka fitzpatrick uh we always talk about cameron hayward that's who we've been talking about this season why because tj watt's injured and tj watt came back he came back with a bang he was the most disruptive player on that steelers defense he was without minka fitzpatrick too so it was really on that d line to see who's going to win now he has minka fitzpatrick back i think this bengals o-line it's not been good they haven't been good last year. They, they aren't good this year, despite all the additions. I expect TJ Watt to have another big day, in just his third game of the season. Yeah, I can see this. And I, I think you're right on the money with the fact of what TJ Watt can do. And if anyone knows what he can do is Joe Burrow from week one. <laughs> <laughs> but same thing. You bring that up, right? Do you expect the Bengals to lose twice in the season to the Steelers? Right? I I. I don't know. Like you've got to expect them to bounce back here. Like they're not going to let that happen again. Yeah. And the other thing is also the thing that I guess it helps the Steelers out is Jamar Chase is still out, I believe. But yeah, offensively, like I think the point here is like, it could be closer than a lot of people think, but is that going to be enough for a Steelers win? I don't don't know. Yeah. The Steelers offense is always really questionable. It's just, you don't know what you're getting every week, but all I'll say is this, listen, the defense was able to shut down Alvin Kamara. If they shut down Joe Mixon, Joe Burrow's just going to be throwing up prayers to T. Higgins. Oh, yeah. And, and this game's that, in Pittsburgh, that, too, right? Yeah, it's so. it's in Pittsburgh, cold weather. Mm. So, I don't know. T.J. Watt, and he's fresh, too. T.J. Watt got fresh legs. He's only really played three games. He is right. fresh, right? It's, it's, not, he's not, it's not a week 10, week 11 T.J. Watt. It's a week 3 T.J. Watt. So, I don't know. I, I think... I think out of any game this week, I think this is probably 
the most likely to be an upset. Yeah, I, I can see it. You know, we're looking at this week 11, getting close to the end here. Wow. It's good. It's seven good. weeks, seven weeks. Yeah, huh? Seven huh. weeks. Yeah, I know it always runs away, but trying to enjoy as much as the regular season we have left. With that being said, thank you for tuning in to the 90th episode of the Backfield Rift. Be sure to tune in to our next episode next Friday, our Black Friday special, Buy or Sell Week 12 edition. Until then, it's been Sotvik Srinivas and Arnav Rastogi. Stay safe and take care.